Hello there. This is Tim Stevens. Today we speak with Dominic Monaghan. Many may know him from his role as Mary in the Lord of the Rings trilogy or Lost as Charlie. However, he has built a eclectic and interesting career over the past several years with roles in children's movies like Molly Moon and the Incredible Book of Hypnotism and darker horrific fare like Pet. We spoke to him specifically about 100 Code, his new TV series on WGN America, a gritty look at two cops investigating a series of murders in New York and Sweden that turn out to be very much more than they initially appear. Enjoy. To begin with, I was just wondering, you know, as somebody who was born in Germany, but predominantly grew up in England, and knowing that English television is different than American television, did you encounter anything like this growing up, this kind of show? Well, I, I watch a lot of TV from different places, obviously, mm -hmm. and I was aware of things like The Bridge and The Killing, you know, obviously The Fall and Broadchurch from England. So sure. I've, I've watched, you know, surrealized TV from different countries and quite a lot of Scandinavian drama before. So, yeah, I think I think I was aware of it, but obviously knowing that it was coming to America and it being one of one of the first shows like that to come to America was, was one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. Excellent. And, uh, you know, from being younger, as I understand it, acting was sort of something you were always pursuing. When you imagined your career as a child, were you imagining yourself in roles like this? Where did you see your career going? TV, theater, movies, all of it? Yeah, I just always wanted to be an actor, you know. So being an actor, you want to work in critically acclaimed work, whether that's theater, TV, or film. I moved away from England to Los Angeles when I was 23 or 24, just to see what that city was like. But obviously, I identify with being English and did a lot of English theatre work, which I would love to explore again. And I don't really close any potential doors in terms of what I like doing and what I don't like doing. If it's a good project, I don't mind if it's theatre, TV, or film, or geographically where it, where it puts me. You know, it's just uh, it's all about the script, really. Absolutely. And, you know, looking through your career, a lot of these sort of breakout moments for yourself, be it Lord of the Rings or Lost, came as part of ensemble casts. But this show is very much, you know, a two-person, two-co-lead situation. In terms of preparation and stepping into that kind of role, is it different for you? Does it feel different on set? Or is the procedure the same? I mean, it's not especially different. As an actor, you have to approach every role as it being the primary importance for you as a character. You can't think, well, I'm a, I'm a supporting character, so I'll, I'll only support in terms of the work that I'm doing. You have to approach the character as an important one. You know, Stanislavski said that there are no small parts, just small actors, and I kind of feel that way. You know, if you've got two or three lines in a film, you know, you, the actor, and you, the character, still think that those things that you have to say are important and significant. From a practical point of view, there's a little bit more time probably spent on set mm -hmm. when you're playing the lead in something, because I think I worked every single day on 100 Code, apart from maybe 
one or two and was in every scene. And on Lost and Span on Lord of the Rings, there were, you know, days that would go by where you wouldn't work. So I, I always want to work as much as possible. Okay. And as part of being at the top of the call sheet, I know, you know, part of your duties is sort of sh- to sh- to set the tone for the rest of the show. You know, how do you see in a situation like this where it's a fairly dark and gritty show, you know, what do you see your responsibility in sort of setting the tone around the set? Well, first and foremost, I think your responsibility if you're number one on the call sheet is to show up on time, be prepared, know what you're doing, have the correct attitude and the correct mood, you know, I think a lot of actors use their job as a reason to misbehave or think that they need to kind of have some sort of rock and roll lifestyle. You know, I have no issue with what people do outside of work, but I think if you're a professional in any walk of life, you need to show up and present in the right way. So in terms of preparation, I was, um, I was always prepared. I always kind of, um, had no complaints about being there first and leaving last and tried to make the set as much of a good, friendly environment as possible. Okay. And as I touched on with the last question, you know, this is darker material. You've done dark material in movies like Pet, where you had to do it for, you know, a sustained period of time, but only for, say, you know, 30 or 45 days, depending how long the shoot goes. This was 12 episodes long. So in terms of how that affects you as an actor, is that something it's more difficult to leave behind? Did you find it easy to slip into the sort of darker places? What was that like for you? It it is a little bit more challenging, like with Pet, as you said. I think Pet shot over the course of just under a month. But with uh, 100 Code, I was in Sweden for about nine months. It is darker material. It is uh, a cold country, and we were doing a lot of night shoots. So I think emotionally that stuff can get on top of you a little bit. And I didn't shy away from that because I thought it was helpful for my experience as the character to feel a little darker. So I definitely isolated myself, definitely got myself into a headspace of, you know, kind of being on my own and uh, reading a lot of kind of dark subject matter but outside of that i tried to be as light and friendly and, and happy as it could be under the circumstances sure absolutely this show also required some um unusual stunts for you obviously you've done action in the past but in particular i know there was a an underwater scene that seemed particularly harrowing in this or um under the ice scene rather that seemed particularly harrowing in terms of your preparation for that in terms of fears even you know does doing more of that kind of work excite you is it something that makes you anxious how do you feel going into that no i don't feel anxious about that stuff it's just part of the job i mean if you're working with prepared and professional stunt person that they're always gonna do their job correctly so that you feel as if you're being taken care of responsibly i really like water i've done a lot of work with water over the years and you know, I'm a relatively competent swimmer and surfer and scuba diver. So the water's always been a place of play and fun for me. I really enjoyed that day. And then we spent a lot of time in the water. It was cold. It was a bit technical in terms of hitting your marks under the water and obviously not hearing anyone. But for me, that's just an extra challenge. You know, can I hit my marks when I'm under the water and I can't see them as well under the water? That's that's kind of a fun thing for me to try and... It's like a game, you know, try and, try and mm-hmm. see if I can at that point as much as possible great (laughs) (laughs) and as part of your 
role here. You got to work with Michael Nyquist on what was one of his final roles. What was the experience like working with him? You know, someone who is so well known from Scandinavian roles and he had started to take on some roles in America as well. Things like John Wick. I mean, Nike was lovely. He's a lovely guy. And obviously it was very, very sad to hear that he had unfortunately, you know, got sick and passed away, but he's very friendly, very welcoming, very cool. We spent a lot of time together. I, you know, went out for dinner with him at the weekend and got to know his family and went to his country house for midsummer. And he was very welcoming and generous with his, with his time and, Great fun to work with, very playful, very silly. You know, I made him laugh a lot. He made me laugh a lot. So, yeah, it's really sad to obviously hear that he had died. And uh, he, was a, he was a great actor and, and a great person. And um, it's, un- it's unfortunate, obviously, that that happened. You know, as we're talking right now, we're about three years after the time that this filmed and first aired in uh, Sky, or on Sky, rather. You know, looking back on the material now, with the benefit of hindsight and not being so in the thick of it, has the show taken on a different relevance for you? Does it seem different than you did in the moment you were done shooting? I think I actually warned quite a few people of the darkness of the material. You know, I said to my mom and dad, just be careful of the fact that it is quite dark. The subject matter is quite dark. It might be a bit hard for you to deal with. But on the contrary, my mom and dad really liked those type of crime shows, crime thrillers. So I, I think I probably babied people a little bit and told my family and my friends, like, oh, it's a bit dark. It might be a bit too dark for you. But I think, you know, obviously grown adults are used to dark material on TV and uh, a lot of people were very pleasantly entertained by it all. Excellent. And with it coming to America, is there anything, I don't know, unique about America, making it an American television versus something like Sky? You know, do you see... Or do you anticipate the material being viewed differently because it's being viewed by a different country uh, than it is currently? Or than it was in places like Germany and England? Not sure, really. I mean, I think nowadays with all of these online uh, ways of watching entertainment, you know, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and, you know, all these digital channels, I think people are exposed to shows that film in different countries that have different languages that include subtitles. I think the American audience is ready for that. I think they're, you know, obviously educated and experienced enough to watch those type of things. I think people want to watch crime shows nowadays that don't pull any punches, you know, that say, look, this is adult content and it's going to get quite dark up to now. People seem to be receiving the show quite well and it's it's gaining a nice following because obviously you have to watch it week in, week out because um, you don't know what's going to happen next. Absolutely. Great. And um, obviously you've been working very closely with WGN America to make sure this reaches the maximum audience. You've gotten some feedback, no doubt, from that. How has that experience been? You know, how has the uh, feedback from the episodes that have aired so far been received? I think people are invested in the story and, and invested in the slightly unconventional cop characters. You know, neither one of them is the kind of cop who's going to save the day. They've both got their own issues that both got their own struggles in life it's uh quite a unique serial killing case it's a unique serial killer it's in a city that a lot of people might not have seen before stockholm very beautiful lots of it shot at night time and then in terms of working with wgn i mean obviously wgn have been very impassioned over the last few years to try and bring new format to their 
network and tell dynamic stories. And, um, you know, it's been great working with them. And hopefully at some point in the future, we can find something else for us to do. You know, they've been a, a great experience that they've kind of had their confidence in the show and uh, put their put their money behind it and um, promoted it in, in a way that means that as many people as possible can see it. Great. And I know we're running tight on time here. So I just want to give you sort of an opportunity to go over my head directly to the audience and uh, pitch it directly to them. You know, if you didn't have me as the middleman, if you're talking directly to a random person, what would you say to sell them on 100 Code? I think it's a really tight, self-contained, unique crime drama in which you are telling an extremely brutal, frank story through the eyes of very believable characters in a very dynamic, modern European city. So anyone who's a fan of shows like The Bridge or The Killing or The Fall or Broadchurch, you should tune in and watch a couple of episodes and see if they get hooked into it. Excellent. Thank you so much for your day. All right, you too. Thank you all for tuning in. This is Tim Stevens signing off for Comments First. If you'd like more of Dominic Monaghan, please do watch 100 Code every Tuesday at 10 p.m. on WGN America or 9 p.m. Central Time. If you are interested in seeing more of him than just that, turn to Netflix where he is available in the movie Mute, now streaming. For more interviews like this, look at Comics First every day where we deliver quality content day in and day out. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day.